Hi, and welcome to In the Cosm. I'm your host, Canadian speculative fiction author, Kat Gordon. I've started this podcast so I can chat with authors and other creatives I simply fangirl over. I hope you enjoy diving into my microcosm and feel inspired to seek out the works of these amazing humans. Hi, I'm Kat Gordon, and today is a unique day because it's my first episode with two guests. And not just any guests, but Robert Kingett and Randy Lacey, who are the editors-in-chief of the upcoming Artificial Divide, an anthology where the authors and their protagonists are blind, visually impaired, or who have low vision. Robert Kingett is a totally blind author and accessibility advocate. He writes fiction and nonfiction, but is often involved in many consulting positions. He also contributes to many research papers in his spare time. Since 2010, Randy Lacey has been adapting to his new life as a visually impaired individual. He's been a writer of poetry since the late 70s, and since 2013, he has self-published books of poetry as well. Randy has now entered the world of short stories and hopes to release a collection in the near future. When he's not busy with writing, Randy blends spices and creates hot sauces. Welcome, Robert and Randy. Hey. Hey, thank you for having us. This is such a treat for me to have you both in my microcosm at the same time, because I've actually just finished reading Artificial Divide as one of your support editors. <laughs> oh, there you go. I'm glad we can both fit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, what I, I, I'm going to start with you, uh, Robert, because I remember we had a discussion over Twitter um, where you wanted to do an anthology like this. Um, can you please share with our audience how you came up with this idea and why? Sure. So I came up with the idea because I just saw a gap within publishing that really wasn't being taken advantage of and also a um at the time i saw a a lot of writers actually getting rejected not for the quality of their work but because their character had a disability um or disabilities. So I wanted to create opportunities for others. And so that's, and, um, and so I got the idea um, to make an anthology that would showcase authors and showcase their work to kind of give every, everybody a taste of, well, hey, this is the kind of talent that you're missing out on. Absolutely, for sure. Um, Randy, what was your reaction at being asked to be a co-editor-in-chief for this collection of stories? That opportunity came out, uh, came about rather innocently. I was in one of my... Uh, groups that I'm, I am on on Facebook and somebody private messaged me saying who knew that I was visually impaired 
and suggested that I get in contact with Nathan and uh, talk to them about a project uh, that was being produced. And so I reached out to, to Nathan and uh, who responded to me and it just went from there. And, and, you know, I tried to, I tried, I've got no experience at this or, you know, I just write, I, I don't do anything else, but write. And he convinced me that, you know, there was, it wasn't that difficult not to belittle the, the job or the task at hand, but um, he, in defining what he wanted me to do, I felt it was within my, grasp to be able to do that so i would i gladly jumped on board and and um i haven't regretted it once one bit that's wonderful you know it's you know each of your responses are so relatable to me because um with robert saying you know wanting to to showcase these voices that's how i felt with the nothing without us anthology and randy <laughs> i had no experience at all as an editor-in-chief of an anthology and i think that's the thing i love um randy mentioned nathan that's nathan frechette from renaissance press yes. nathan is wonderful at encouraging people to do things, even if we're unsure of ourselves. So I'm so glad the two of you work together on this. Um, uh, Robert, uh, why is the anthology called Artificial Divide? Because there is always this misconception that the blind and the sighted are worlds apart mm -hmm. and that could not be farther from the uh, truth um even among those who may not be visually impaired but who may have other disabilities they sometimes see blindness as just a whole another world so i tried to be clever and and I thought well um we're not literally divided we're artificially divided so that's basically where that came from and I learned that I'm not as clever as everybody else thanks so <laughs> I don't know you seem pretty clever to me <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, but it's to kind of show th that we're not as divided as everybody likes to think. Because even though these protagonists have low vision or are totally blind, they they love and they hurt and they have pain and they're growing yeah just like you yeah yeah exactly i i think that's so important um a lot of times people um with various conditions disabilities states of being are uh just reduced to these tropes and cliches, uh, which I feel are also propagated through fiction. Um, so the fact that I, I was so happy to know that this collection was another um, a collection of fiction stories, 
because I'm this, I, I, I'm sure I've said this every episode of the podcast, but I feel that fiction has such a power to influence um, sometimes even more than nonfiction, even though nonfiction is extremely valuable as well. Um, and and I, I was just thrilled. Was, did it matter to you, um, uh, Randy, as well? Randy, did it matter to you that these stories were fiction as opposed to essay-based? Um, I like the idea of fiction because people can then try to put themselves into that picture and imagine mm -hmm. themselves so it, it draws a reader in rather than informs the reader through real stories. Um, fiction, at least people can, um, I just, like I said, picture themselves within. And it's not too hard to imagine that way as it is to, in reality, uh, I could give you countless numbers of stories where people tried to identify with me in real life, but have no clue. But in through reading, it's easier. Right. Yeah. Storytelling, I guess it's an age old thing, right? I mean, when you think about fairy tales and fables, right, they have influenced for millennia, really. Um, so we're just kind of carrying on the torch by releasing anthologies like this. Absolutely. Now, I know how I felt when I was editing an anthology for the first time, being at the other side of the anthology table. Um, can you uh, share with us, uh, both of you, your uh, delights and the challenges you faced during the selection process? Uh, Robert, I'll begin with you. Okay, so this really opened my eyes because I've been pitching to magazines and anthologies for for years and years so I did not really appreciate the time it takes and the effort it takes to really read and go through a submission and and make a decision that just had never crossed my mind of how much how much um how much importance one line or, or one paragraph is um so what i, I really like about the process is it really got it, it really opened my eyes to how to be a better writer myself mm, interesting because you can um you you can see where the rest of these story is really good except for this one tiny part that just it in a short story things have to be much more concise so if one tiny thing is a little askew then your story it it doesn't fall apart but it feels, it, it feels, mm, 
uh, how do I say this? It, it feels like there's something missing and it's just out of reach and you can't quite grab it. Um, one of the difficulties I've, I've had is, is quite honestly choosing the final stories for the anthology because there were just so many good possibilities that just had one little thing that did not add up or right or, um, yes oh yes oh, it's so yeah 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 so, so <laughs> you know exactly how it feels so like um and let me be clear it's it's not a re reflection on the writer sometimes it just literally comes down to the personal taste of the editor. Um, but one thing I, I tried to do um, is try to give personal feedback on every single rejection. Um, because that makes a world of difference when you have a person who can really sit you down and say, hey, your strength is, is your world building. Mm. But there's this part in the middle where I got kind of lost. So, so that really helps a writer much, much, much more than just say your story is rejected. Um, but I want writers to know that even if your story is not chosen, it doesn't mean that you're a bad writer. There's so many kind of factors that you don't have privy to. So don't take it personally. <laughs> oh, there's so much you said there that I'm like, oh gosh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> you know, I think this is a therapy episode for me. Um, right. <laughs> uh, Randy, yes. uh, what were the delights and the challenges for you with story selection? Um, the world of the short story is a fairly new one to me, uh, especially writing. Um, and it wasn't until I took a, a, a poetry course um, through, uh, anyway, it doesn't matter who it's from, but um, my instructor told me to start editing my poetry. And I was like, really edit? <laughs> you know, you edit poetry. I just always thought you just write it and that's the way it was meant to be. So uh, when the stories started coming in, uh, the submissions for this uh, anthology, um, I, I really learned 
the the need for editing. Mm. Um, but that's not to say that the stories weren't good. Uh, some stories missed the point of the whole anthology altogether, um, which was probably the hardest thing for me because some of the stories were good, but they had nothing to do with blind or visually impaired. It was that was an afterthought to the story. Right. Yes. Um, and I really hated tossing some of those aside. But I mean, the main principle or the main theme of this anthology was blind, visually impaired, and then everything, not everything. And oh, by the way, I'm blind or visually impaired. So <laughs> that was the hard thing for me. Yeah, yeah. I When I laugh, it's like laughing because I completely understand. Um, it... Uh, can we just say here officially on the In the Cosm podcast, study the guidelines. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. We craft study submission the... guidelines for a reason. Absolutely. Yes, yes <laughs> absolutely. I, one thing that I did learn throughout this whole process, I'm not really sure this is true for other people, but I've learned that I I I, I am really good at, at uh, giving constructive criticism, and I, I, I had no idea. I did. So. I did. <laughs> I, I, folks, I hired Robert to be a sensitivity editor for a blind character I had in um, kind of a mermaid fantasy story. I had a blind character in it and he offers very constructive, extremely useful criticism. So yes, you do. I knew that before you did. <laughs> well, beans, <laughs> yay. <laughs> um, what about like, are there particular stories in Artificial Divide that really grasped you? I mean, I know every story is important or else you wouldn't have put it in there, but were there some that you just said, I have to have this in my anthology or in our anthology? Uh, Randy, what did, what did you, do you feel any stories that really resonated with you? There were a few. Um, I basically, as I read them or I, I used a, a reader, um, as they were being read to me, um, I, I, I used a five-star rating and, and rated them uh, as such. And Robert and I agreed on, on quite a few of them. Um, but Vision, um, the story of Abdil, um, really caught me. It was a heart-wrenching kind of story. Um, you'll have to buy the book to read it. So, you know, I encourage you to. Um, but it was a, a heart-wrenching little story. Um, so much said in so few words. And that's the kind of story I like. Mm. And it, it just, it grabbed me and it held me. I felt, I, I, I almost cried. Uh, I don't cry because I don't, but anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it was just one of those stories, you know, that grips you and, and you know, you, you, you want to feel for this person. Mm. So that was the, the, the big one. And there was a, a couple of other ones. Um, uh, oh, the, the title escapes me right now. But there were uh, a few that were really like that one. But vision, I think, was the big one for me. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Robert, what about you? Sure. So, so I liked um, three of them. I, just for future note, um, 
authors who are looking to possibly submit to me in the future. I, 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 I like uh, character-driven stories. Mm. So the three that really grabbed me um, were Vision, um, that one, at first, I, I, I thought I missed a point or something, but I realized that, oh, I just read it on a bad day. And then when I read it again later, it just, it just hit me like, oh my gosh, this is a really uh, great story story. Um, the two other ones that really grabbed me and held me were, um, were Friar Fly of Hope. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I like that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because I love, I, I, this is my warped taste coming into play. <laughs> But I love um, I, I, I love revenge stories where the protagonist is really smart and they have to overcome so many things yeah. using their brains. Mm -hmm. the, the third one that just oh my gosh, you guys had to read, um, is a story called Inspiration Porn Star. Yeah. Uh, that one. I agree. Uh, it, it, it just, just, wow. <laughs> also the title, the title. Inspiration porn star. Um, <laughs> yes. I just, yeah. I even told Tally about that title and we just laughed because it's just, <laughs> it's such a great When title. I read that title, I almost just bypassed the story, but I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I think for a lot of us in, um, in the disability community, um, particularly like when it comes to like storytelling, inspiration porn is tedious it's just so tedious it it yes. takes away all of our humanity um you know um robert was saying earlier about hey there really isn't a divide you know if there's a divide it's an artificial one you know it's mm -hmm. true it, when you do inspiration porn if you write characters whose only benefit is to help the abled neurotypical person uh, or they get to overcome their disability or whatnot I mean, the rest of us are like, really though, you know, like it's just, yeah. So I did laugh heartily when I saw <laughs> that title because I thought it was a little bit on the brilliant side. <laughs> right, and then I read it and my whole entire world was just shattered. And you know that when you get through with a really good story and you're thinking about it, mm. <laughs> hours 
later, you know that you've hit a home run. Yes. I love when stories have that effect, you know, um, for sure. And, and if, and if they are whirling through your mind, yeah, it's, that's something that belongs in your anthology. Um, so we're kind of. Can it be greedy and add one more story for list of favorites? Absolutely. Go ahead. <laughs> so one more of my favorite stories was, was called Noah and the Dragon for the simple reason that the protagonist takes challenges that she has been given and she she overcomes the challenges not her disabilities yes so, exactly i yes. love that story as well <laughs> I, and yes. i loved it that was the one it was like it was a fantastical story right and and so yes. she had to deal yes. with um uh, you know just learning how to um you know, navigate her world while blind in sort of a, almost a medieval like fantastical setting. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, I love yeah. that one yeah. too. <laughs> so yeah, good. Yeah, good. I'm glad I let you say that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm going to 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 switch gears as we're rounding up this uh, session already. Um, let's talk about your works. So I want to I want to know what are some uh, uh, works and um, recently published titles each of you have had. Um, I'll start with you, Randy, or something that's coming up. Basically, what I tend to do is I will go a year, everything that I write within that year, I publish the next year, self-publish. Uh, so at the end of 2020, it was really hard to get anything in print uh, at all because of, you know, current world conditions. Yeah. Um, so Although the book was released earlier or later in 2020, I was only able to get printed copies in January of this year of my latest uh, collection of poetry, which is uh, entitled uh, From Somewhere Deep Within. Nice. Uh, yes. And uh, the picture on the cover I took when I was down in the Dominican Republic and, and I designed the cover myself. And it's just poetry from from the year 2020, or sorry, yeah, 2019, sorry. And uh, so right now I'm working on two other books uh, from the accumulated poems of 2020. And uh, I have no title for that. Well, I've got a couple of working titles, but nothing definitive yet, but uh, that's what I've got. I've got two more. I'm also working on, uh, as you mentioned, short stories. Mm. Um, so I've been, entering contests and with the rejections i've been putting them towards uh, a short story compilation uh, and basically the title is going to be called uh and uh, what's it going to be called I, I totally forgot now um anyway so it's it's for short stories under two thousand words nice and, uh, yeah basically and, and not so many words that's what it's called not so it, many words that's a brilliant title for i love short shorts right <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Let's just give an award for that book based on the right. title. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank right. you. <laughs> well, that's what I've got going on right now. 
That's great. That's really good. And, you know, I just want to say, I, I always feel writing is never a waste of time. And I love when I love when authors who have received rejections decide, you know what, I'm going to put this in my own compilation, right? Um, because it is true, like, sometimes you get rejected just because the editor has a certain feel right. for the magazine or the anthology that they're putting out. And even though your story is good, it might not even match with that feel. So it has mm -hmm. nothing to do with the quality of the writing or anything like that. So I, I love that you're kind of saying, okay, that's fine. I wasn't a good fit for them, but here's my compilation. Then you gave it a brilliant title. So everybody wins. <laughs> well, we hope. <laughs> so so uh robert uh, do you have anything uh, other than the amazing artificial divide coming out <laughs> um i um well no not this year but i hope that next year i will have a children's book coming out i do have some really great news in the sense that i uh, that i am actually looking over literary aging Ooh. contracts so i have actually gotten a few offers there so we uh we shall see 2020 was a really really hard year for my writing mm. uh nothing just really nothing really clicked so yeah. so 2021 um i i something happened where I finished a, a, a children's book and I went hunting for literary agents and I got multiple offers and oh my now gosh. I just have to choose so yeah. okay so that's awesome <laughs> yeah <Okay. laughs> yeah yeah so. I hope you'll still speak to us when you're like uber famous <laughs> <laughs> I well, of course I will. <laughs> what was her name? Cat um, something? Morgan? Cat Morgan? Was that her name? <laughs> uh, 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 which I kind of have to say is so. Um, I, 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 because twenty twenty was just the year of rejections it happens doesn't it right yeah so yeah. each and every each and everything I did so uh, so so I so it's kind of ironic that I said okay I'll just try this and not even actually think about it and see what happens and I thought I was actually going to get a ton of rejections and the, the, the opposite happened wow. so yeah you, that's you know you just gotta keep trying right like that's the way the game is played. Um, uh, congratulations, I, that's amazing. Um, so now I'm down to my final question, which is my favorite. <laughs> it's what is a fun fact about yourself? Robert, tell us a fun fact about yourself that we wouldn't know. A fun fact about myself was I, I, um, 
I had a, a, a pet rooster for oh. almost five years. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's awesome. I did not expect you to say that. So, <laughs> so may I just yeah. ask how you come across getting a pet rooster? Like, I, I guess I was born on concrete. I'm a real city girl. So, <laughs> I, um, you know, this is the fun fact that I don't even know about myself. It just kind of materialized out of thin air okay. <laughs> literally so I I, I, I like because I was walking home from the um from the store and I just I just happened to notice that a little baby rooster I don't <laughs> actually know what they're called was actually following me home <laughs> so so i said okay <laughs> come on in so <laughs> yeah amazing so robert was that a general store <laughs> <laughs> wow i think you're literally the only person i have ever met who had a little rooster chick or whatnot, follow him home. <laughs> that's, that's astounding. I, I guarantee nobody else's fun fact will be that. So it's very, very unique. <laughs> I, you have no idea. <laughs> so, so Randy, uh, what is a fun fact about yourself? I have got nothing that can compare to that. I've got, <laughs> I've got a lot of fun facts. Um, and, and for some of them, I would have to, I can't tell you, or I'd have to bury the bodies, but um, I was an extra in Rocky four. Oh, the movie. go away with yourself. Cool. Oh no, seriously. God. It was filmed in Vancouver and I was a street person in Vancouver at the time. Wow. I lived on the streets for a few years. So, okay. But that's, that, that was fun. It was a lot of fun getting to meet the stars and, and seeing how Hollywood works. Gee, I love these questions. <laughs> <laughs> I have learned, so I've learned, you know, I don't think I'm actually going to erase either of those fun facts from my mind about you guys. <laughs> I talk to you next time. Um, Look, thank you so much for uh, coming aboard. This is actually going to be the last episode of the first season of my um, my podcast. So I'm ending it off with a bang with you two. Thank you so much for being here today. Well, thanks for having me. Thank you for having us. And one final quick note from me. Uh, writers are not uh, your competition. They're just... Mm friends that you haven't met yet so don't ever think a writer is your competition i absolutely agree it's so great when we all collaborate and support and celebrate each other's wins you know and support each other through the not so wins just yet moments <laughs> folks you can learn more about uh robert by visiting his website blindjournalist at wordpress.com. And you can learn more about Randy at his website, 
therandylacy.ca. Transcripts for In the Cosm are available at catgordon.com. That's C-A-I-T gordon.com. Thanks for joining us. Take care and stay safe.